You just abandon any precaution. You know, folks, something could happen here, and if it does, so what? Welcome to Nathan for Us and Nathan for You podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. And we are on to episode four of the rehearsal. This week's episode is called The Fielder Method. Fielder Method on three. One, two, three. Fielder Fielder Method. method. (laughs) Wow. We're going to be such amazing actors now. Yeah, I cannot wait to do some light stalking later on this week. Honestly, the fielder method is just every girl on Tinder, like, matching with some guy before their date. (laughs) Stalking them in real life? Well, not real life, but definitely internet stalking them. Oh, yes. The internet stalking, I think, is pretty common. Yeah. But the the physical uh, following people around, we'll get into it, but I'm impressed with some of the information that these people are able to get out of their primaries so quickly. I feel like labeling them as a primary makes it less creepy oh i think it makes it more creepy it makes it sound like they're gonna be burgled (laughs) (laughs) burgled no i think it detaches them as a person it's like oh this is my primary that i'm studying not this person i'm stalking it's so dark (laughs) then they're not a person anymore (laughs) yeah they're, they're just a primary they're just this person i'm trying to embody in a totally normal acting way yeah. Isn't this just method acting? A little bit. It does feel like it is kind of just a ripoff of method acting. If we could somehow get Jeremy Strong from Succession on the podcast to talk about this episode, that would have been a really good fit. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. I bet he has some thoughts, honestly, on Nathan Fielder. I would love to get his take on Nathan for you, um, as Kendall Roy specifically. <laughs> Not as himself. So this episode opens up with Angela cooking some spaghetti. And she asks Nathan a really deep question, which is, did you ever hate one of your parents growing up? So we learn a lot about her in a very short period of time here while she's cooking this spaghetti. Yeah, just light dinner talk. Um, I think Nathan points this out pretty quickly, but this is a bizarre way to check if spaghetti's done. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I guess it's no more bizarre than what I do, which is like pick it up and just eat it. Right. Like I just bite into it. That's what everyone does. You just take a little nibble. You don't get a whole plate and then cut it with a fork and a knife. You take a nibble. To be fair, hers is probably like the more restrained way. Like now I feel like I'm a savage because I just pick up the noodle and like chomp on it to check when I could be fork and knife in it, you know? Everyone else takes a nibble. No one puts (laughs) it on a plate and cuts it. That's bizarre. Yeah, let us know if you do this, actually. I would would like to hear. No one does this. Only Angela. We also learned that she did acid and cocaine. And Nathan is, uh, I'm not sure if he's impressed or surprised by this. A little bit of A, a little bit of B. Well, I don't think it was new information since on her date with Robin, we learned that Angela had a bit of a tougher upbringing. We knew that her father wasn't around and she was into drugs and alcohol. And at some point, I believe she found Jesus and turned things around. Um, So I don't even think that this was new information to Nathan. No, it really doesn't seem like it. 
Um, and I feel like this is a good time to chat about an email that we received. If you would like to email us with any of your questions or just thoughts that um, you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, Nathan for us podcast at gmail.com is where you can do that. And our friend Ian wrote in and kind of was talking about Angela cutting up the noodles. And kind of his point is that a big criticism that Nathan has been getting online is that he's punching down or editing the show to make people people look bad or crazy. And Ian's saying, I think this is unfair, which I think both of us are pretty much in agreement with. Um, and he uses this Angela example where to us, it seems like she's acting in a weird way and Nathan seems to feel that way as well. But her explanation is so simple that she's seeing how done the noodles are. And even though her behavior seemed a little unusual, there's a perfectly clear explanation. Ian kind of goes on to say, in most of Nathan's interactions with people, the behaviors of others are not always explained, but he's very non-judgmental in most cases. It's just kind of presented on the show. Any negative connotation that is taken from it is placed on it by the viewers themselves. Then on the flip side, Nathan goes out of his way to examine his own behaviors and is quick to make himself look like the fool. And then Ian makes a really great point, which I think um, really is kind of the crux of the show. When we examine the episodes deeper, who's the abnormal one? The trivia fanatic or the man who recreates the bar where he plays trivia at a stage of rehearsal? The religious zealot who has decided what she wants for her life or the man who hires dozens of actors to play her baby for a simulated child raising experience? And Ian kind of concludes with the person who's the butt of the joke is Nathan and not the participants. Um, I just thought this was a really interesting email. I totally agree. I really like the examples that Ian included here. And it definitely does feel like Nathan understands that he's going to be the butt of the joke. And I think part of the joke as well is just how far Nathan is willing to push all of these things, um, similar to what he was doing in Nathan for you. But yeah, Megan, do you have any thoughts on kind of what I just read? Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for emailing us. I thought it was great. I know that we're going to do a full podcast with an ethics expert um, in the future just to dive in a little bit deeper. But, you know, so far, I don't feel that he's punching down in these episodes. Um, I would agree that the people who come on this show, I it, it doesn't seem like he's coercing them into acting a certain way. Um, he's just kind of filming... Um, and seeing how it goes. I think in this episode in particular, it seems far more scripted than some of the other episodes, which might be kind of ironic because of them scripting the rehearsals that they're going to do. But in this case, and we'll get into it a little bit more when we go into the fielder method and all the acting classes, but it seems like the whole thing was planned ahead of time. So even in this scene, when, you know, Angela is the one bringing up, oh, were you okay with both of your parents? How was your childhood? It seems that later on in the episode, when Adam is going through the exact same childhood that Angela has, it seemed that that's all information that Nathan knew ahead of time, and they're reenacting that. Yeah, for sure. And um, another interesting thing this week, so The New Yorker wrote an article, um, I believe last week they ran an article about Nathan, and they ran a second one this week. And... This one kind of talks a lot about Nathan and how Nathan secretly hates himself, which I don't personally agree with the the kind of thesis of this whole article. But I did have one quote that I saw in it, which I thought was interesting and is actually from Angela. And in the article, it says Nathan likes to manipulate people. Um, and then also he lies a lot from Angela herself. I'm 
wondering where they got these quotes from because I don't believe she says that in the episode at all. Um, And I couldn't find any kind of like source for where this came from. But allegedly, Angela does feel manipulated by Nathan at some point. Um, So I guess we'll have to see if that is like coming next week or something. Yeah, that's interesting because even in this episode at the end, when Nathan wants to reset and start with Adam at six years old again, Angela's comments is, oh, you know, if, if you think that's best for the show. So she's very like clear that this is a show, you know, there's cameras, they show the camera pivoting and we kind of follow the camera's perspective after that scene where it's like so clearly a filmed television show. And it's so obvious that he's feeding Adam lines. Yeah. Where there's, it's not a coincidence that Adam's going through the same childhood as Angela and that must be very clear to her as well. So it seems like there's not a ruse um, it seems very upfront, everything that's going on, but I'd be interested to hear more from her. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with her later on. Um, another thing that we kind of learn in the intro is that we learn the name of the town or the area that the rehearsal house is, which is Eagle Creek, Oregon. Um, and a very kind commenter on TikTok was able to help track down the name of the house where Nathan and Angela are living. So if you want to check it out at all, it is called Clackamas River Farm. And yes, if you are in the Oregon area, sorry, if you are in the rural Oregon area, kind of uh, 40 minutes south of Portland, you can go get married there. Uh, It offers 45 picturesque and secluded acres. And I mean, it looks beautiful. So if you're out there, why not? And if you've been married there, definitely send us some pictures. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I thought that was very fun that they were able to find it. And then I also did look up the Eagle Creek Community Facebook group because I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any chatter about you know being featured on the show. But unfortunately, it is closed and they're really strict about only letting residents in. So I could not gain access to the Eagle Creek Community Facebook page. Very rude of you not to move there to get into this group so we could discuss it. I know. I could have got us the scoop, but unfortunately, I live up here. Yeah. I looked up um, Eagle Creek, Oregon on Wikipedia as well, but it's a very short Wikipedia page. But, you know, the community was named after Eagle Creek, a local stream, which in turn was named after the large population of eagles in the area. Classic naming strategy. (laughs) Pretty exciting stuff. (laughs) Yeah, they have a sports and recreation section, and the only thing in it is the Eagle Creek Golf Course is an 18-hole regulation-sized golf course. That's it. Oh, maybe I'll go play it someday. Yeah, go get remarried, play around at golf. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a great trip. Get some brown eggs. Yeah. Yeah, you, I was wondering if the egg Nathan was eating on the plane, he had gotten from that egg farm. <laughs> okay, when I watched the episode, I did not realize there was an egg. For some reason, I thought he was eating a clementine. Why? I don't know. I, maybe because I was just like an egg. Is, I don't know. A boiled egg is such a stinky plain snack. Yeah, it is a little rude to bring a boiled egg on a plane. But what made you think it was a clementine? And what made you realize that it was an egg? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I thought it was specifically clementine. I think it was just like the shape and my vision isn't very good. And, like, I was thinking, like, what would I want to eat on a plane? I'm like, oh, a nice little clementine. It'd be nice. Refreshing. 
get a little like hydration into me, little sweet snack. It's a perfect plain snack. Okay. And at what point did you realize it was an egg? <laughs> when I watched it the second time. Oh. And then when I went on Reddit and was reading people talking about the episode. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did people feel about the egg? There wasn't a lot of chatter. Not a lot of chatter on the egg. We've definitely gone deeper than I think they did. Mm. Well, I hope that it was an egg from that farm that they lovingly boiled at home and he brought onto the plane. Yeah. Yeah. So Nathan does need to fly to LA. I shouldn't, we shouldn't really say need. Nathan chooses to fly to LA to find more actors for his rehearsal rather than driving, I believe it's only 40 minutes to Portland, Oregon, where I'm sure there's many actors. But obviously, he needs to open up an acting school to be able to recruit people for this very specialized project. So we see that he has opened up the Fielder Method School of Acting. And yes, you can go to www.fieldermethod.com. There is a sign-up form. Um, it says Hollywood's Premier Acting School. And the quote underneath is, learn to act. To be considered for upcoming classes, fill this out. It seems like Craigslist let him down this time since he needed to open up a whole acting school from it, but we're assuming that the actors he previously got were from Craigslist, and in the Raising Cane studio, uh, we take a little bit of a closer look at some of the actors and learn that maybe they're not up to Nathan's standards. So we get another clip showing um, the woman pretending to eat, you know, not committed to the bit. We show the cashier just typing in absolute nonsense instead of typing out full sentences on her POS system. So Nathan is not convinced that he has the actors right for this role. Yeah, I mean, in his opening while talking to his class at the Fielder Method School of Acting, he says, you know, if your performance isn't accurate, you can ruin someone's life. So... He's taking this very seriously as he takes most things and he has recruited a whole room of real life actors. Do you think he's taking it too seriously or the appropriate level of serious? For a normal person, probably too seriously. For Nathan Fielder and for the purpose of his TV show, I think like just the correct amount. Though I will say this episode... This was like the first episode where I was like, I don't know what this show is about anymore. <laughs> like it really dawned on me this time that things were going um, even more off the rails than I think they have for the past couple of episodes, which is not a bad thing. I'm still really enjoying it, but it almost teetered into like sci-fi horror territory for me. And it looks like probably next week will be the same. So we meet a group of students who have come into the class and Nathan presents to them what he has deemed the fielder method. And that is essentially just stalking a person, getting to know them, and being able to pretend that you are that person. What do you think of this acting class and this acting school if you were to attend? I think kind of what we were saying at the beginning, like it really just feels like this is method acting almost or like research even. Like, I think it definitely makes sense if you are an actor and you're going to go play someone who's a chef. Like, yeah, you should probably go shadow a chef um, and learn, you know, how to correctly, like, peel an onion so that it doesn't look like you don't know what you're doing for your movie or whatever. But uh, I think that the, the method that Nathan describes of basically stalking people is certainly, 
I don't think probably not kosher, I'd imagine. You could probably just tell them what you're doing and get even more information from them much faster and get to learn who they are in a better way. But I guess actually that doesn't make sense if it's for the rehearsal where they don't know that you're pretending to be them. So I've talked myself out of this. Yeah, I think for this particular show, it's a little tough because they're pretending to be a specific person. So they, they really need know. the backstory. Mm-hmm. While Nathan is intimidated by a few of the actors in the class throwing out different theories and methods. So I just want to quickly review them if anyone uh, didn't know about them. So the Stellar. <laughs> what? How do people don't know about the Stella Adler or the Suzuki method? Come on, Megan. <laughs> Everyone knows what those are. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in case anyone didn't know, the Stella Adler uh, method is that they believe actors need to build up a wealth of resources beyond their own knowledge and experience so they can more accurately, convincingly portray a wide array of characters, which makes sense. And the Suzuki method works to build actors' awareness of their body, especially their center. This method uses exercises that are inspired by Greek theater and martial arts and require great amounts of energy and concentration. So these people have put their name stamped on the theory, and Nathan has as well. So hopefully in future acting classes, all of these actors will bring up, oh, well, we can reference the Fielder method here. (laughs) I feel like the two methods that they talk about as well are basically the fielder method, which Mm -hmm. is, that's when I'm starting to be like, was this part scripted? I don't think it was. Like, I do think that people really thought they were in an acting class, but it is funny that that's kind of how it ends up coming out. I don't know if this initial class was scripted, but I think the rest of it was. Because immediately after this class, where Nathan decides he's not sure if, you know, the class was received well and he wants to embody one of the students taking the class, you know, the class is the next day. Yeah. So they needed to have actors who have the same clothes as everyone in the class, um, who look just like them. He's already decided who he looks like. He has a wig ready. He has a very specific jacket and outfit to embody Thomas and they're right into that class seemingly immediately after if the timeline is what they said so they needed to have all of this set up ahead of time in order to go from the class that Nathan teaches to the class that he's pretending to be a student in to teaching a class again the next day yeah I feel like it must have been they must have filmed the fake class the day after because this just would have been like way too long of a day for everyone to be working otherwise right like, I imagine that the the acting class is a couple hours at least. Yeah, plus you would need time to find everyone a doppelganger plus yeah. their wardrobe. So I wonder if you're even casting people at the same time and you've decided, okay, this group's yeah. in the first class, this group's in the second class. Oh, we couldn't find a duplicate for Thomas, so I'm going to be Thomas. That kind of thing. Although Thomas does seem like probably the easiest person to duplicate. Yeah, I feel like they must have told them what to wear as well, like, or at least generally what, mm-hmm. like, oh, wear jeans and a blue shirt or something like that um, for both sets of actors. But yeah, this is, so Nathan, we've seen Nathan do this before in a couple of other segments. Um, in the Nathan For You show, he did it with the fun segment where he had made a friend, Brendan, and then tested Brendan's pee to make sure that, you know, Nathan really is fun and to prove to everyone that, he is a fun guy. 
not a mushroom, but a fun dude. And he did it again when he did the focus group um, where he tried to change up his look and become more cool to impress Brian Wolf, the private investigator. So I feel like this is kind of like in his wheelhouse to do these outlandish bits where he can be more self-reflective and try and change parts of how he's acting on the show. Now, do you think one of his other methods would have been better suited to finding out if he was a good teacher? Or do you think this was the best best method? <laughs> um, testing everyone's pee or blood would have been... <laughs> I don't know. Is that against some sort of like actors union thing? I'm not sure. Um, it feels like it should be. <laughs> but I feel like they were so willing to sign random paperwork. And with all the cameras for HBO, you could probably make it happen. Yeah, I honestly when when we talk about the HBO cameras, like I almost thought that when he said like and their HBO cameras, it was going to like zoom out and all the cameras have like HBO and huge letters written in the really big. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, the best method, I mean, he could have just sent out a survey <laughs> if he really yeah. wanted to. Like, but like most TAs do. <laughs> yes, like most teachers um, would. But I, I like this way because I, I think that Thomas is a great choice of a person to portray because he has a very specific look. Nathan gets to wear a fun wig. And of course, when we go into Thomas's apartment later, he has a little surprise. Two surprises, really. What's his little surprise? All of his, um, what are those animals called? The squishmallows. He has like a mountain of squishmallows and the nunchucks. Yeah. I don't know if I'd call those like two little surprises. More so just like <laughs> things in his apartment. <laughs> I'm just like trying to think if Nathan had to take over and be me for a day, what would he be the most concerned or like zeroed in on in my apartment like what's the weirdest thing that I own that Nathan would be like I have to put this on the show I feel like your pets are pretty wild my pets are pretty weird but yeah I don't know it's an interesting thought do you do you you don't have anything really weird in your house I feel like your house is pretty normal yeah no nothing super weird we have some like little physics gadgets like Euler's discs and I have a conch that if you blow into it, it makes a really loud noise. But those are just practical and fun. So yeah, he would be delighted by our apartment. Yeah, I do have a celebs on sandwiches print of Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart, which like is my prized possession. If Nathan was on a sandwich, what sandwich would it be? Would it just be an egg, egg in salad. a little plastic bag? Egg salad. Yeah, he's eating it on a plane. <laughs> Can we tweet at him? What is your favorite sandwich? He hasn't done any press or like tweeted or been on social media at all to promote this show or talk about it. I love it. It's so spooky. I know. It's so mysterious. It's like, what's going to happen? He's definitely off filming the curse too. But like mm -hmm. I, it makes me – it makes him so much cooler that he just dropped this dropped show it? and disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I like that he's just letting everyone theorize what's happening and just not saying anything. It's great. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. And I love that all, Like even reviewers only got to episode five. So I think episode six is going to be bananas. So um, as Nathan takes over for Thomas, he notices a few things. He thinks that the teacher doesn't connect super well with the rest of the class. And... He kind of just is feeling like 
okay, I can do a better job tomorrow. So in order to kind of help with that, he puts all of the students in a circle and they all go over what type of thing that what types of things they uncovered while they were trying to be their primary. And some of these people go deep, we learn. Um, one person is able to get into their primary's home because they work as a dog walker. Yeah, that that's a lot. That's spooky. <laughs> but yeah, we see another person who talks about how they found their primary's Instagram and their TikTok and all of these things through like geotags. When we get to Thomas, Thomas has not gotten very far. Um, he went to an acai bowl place and that's where he picked his primary, but he wasn't able to get very much information from him. And I think this at this point, it becomes kind of clear why Nathan picked Thomas. Like Thomas is clearly the most kind of normal, level-headed person in the class who naturally doesn't really want to stalk someone or speak to a stranger at this very in-depth level or try and break into their house. And I think that's probably why he became Nathan's primary. So I also thought that the way Thomas explained why he wasn't able to get more information was really elegant. He said, the environment begs for you to go through the line and then leave. The physical space is asking for you not to be there. And it made me wonder if Ubatuba took that information into account and has changed the layout to get people to stay longer. <laughs> it is good feedback, honestly. Or are they a fast food place? And that's great. They don't want people to stick around. I'm not 100% sure when they filmed this, so it could have been like height of COVID where maybe they were just doing like takeaway, but this is also like great press for, you know, Ubatuba minus that if you work there, you might get stalked, but in general, like I hardly ever think about acai bowls. Um, I certainly don't normally buy them, but after this, I was like, oh, you know, I could go for an acai bowl with some almond butter. Yeah, I think they're normally just overpriced. Yeah, they are very overpriced. Um, and one thing I forgot to note, we do have a two degrees of separation or one degree. I'm not really sure how that works with Thomas, the actor, um, friend of the podcast slash guest, former guest and future guest, Michael O'Rear, host of Star Wars podcast. If you are into Marvel and Star Wars, you should check them out. He knows Thomas in real life, so he did message him on our behalf to ask if um, he would be able to come on or be a guest and chat about his experience. But unfortunately, he has his NDA still, and it specifically says he's not able to do any producer. He cannot do any non-producer approved interviews. And he was reminded of that directly on a phone call recently. So it sounds like um, they're cracking down on people just doing interviews willy-nilly but perhaps one day we will be able to talk to Thomas. Wow, very rude of the director to not approve us. <laughs> if you are a producer on this show, please approve us. Why, why not? We'll just ask him about silly things in his life. It's fine. Yeah, what he likes on his acai bowl. How often yeah. does he get acai bowls? would love to know. This is a very specific place to go. Do you think he should have committed more and spilled the bowl? It feels like that's making more work for the worker, though, you know? But it's giving you an opportunity to speak with them longer. Yeah, I mean, it, it just depends on how selfish you're feeling. Like, do you mind potentially messing up someone's day a little bit just to further your career and your career within the, the Nathan Fielder method? I don't know if I would do it. 
I mean, you can spill it in a way that doesn't like ruin their day. You don't have to like throw it on them. Just like True. spill it on yourself. They have to come over and help you. You casually ask them how many siblings they have. <laughs> yeah. Natural things that come up when you spill a bowl. You're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this reminds me of when my little sister would always spill things at home. Do you have any siblings? I guess that's how you work it in. I'm truly unsure. I don't know if how many siblings you have really helps embody your personality. So maybe there's a better question to ask. Like, oh, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Yeah. What's your Myers-Briggs type? Something Mm. like that, you know? All better questions. How would you go about finding your primary? Would you just like keep going about your day and pick someone based on places you were already going? Or would you try and seek somewhere out to pick someone? I want to know if they knew ahead of time what they were getting themselves into and that they'd have to work there for a week. Because if I could get HBO to hook me up with a really cool job for a week, I'd go like try to find an astronaut or (laughs) try to find like a ship captain or like a a cool job that would be fun to do for a week, not like um, a cashier or, you know, something that isn't as extravagant. I try to find like a crazy job. Is a ship captain a fun job? Yeah, you're at sea. It's the summer. You're hanging out. Ahoy. Ahoy. (laughs) I hope you're hungry for nothing. (laughs) Truly. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, If they did know in advance, that's definitely the move. Or like pick something where you at least get something cool out of it. Like maybe you learn a new skill. Versus like, yeah, I feel like working a retail job for a week, It's I feel like it's mainly boring because most of us have probably worked retail jobs at some point mm-hmm. in our lives. And it's yeah. like theoretically a job that you could probably get at this Why point. Why didn't someone pretend to be Nathan? Oh my gosh. Well, we do have someone who pretends to be Nathan. Maybe he's yeah. from the first iteration of the Fielder School of Acting. And And it wasn't shown. How many layers deep are we? It's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to, if I didn't know that information, I mean, and also I would have probably tried to pick someone that I know, but if that also wasn't allowed, I really don't bump into people too often. So it would probably just be someone at the grocery store as well. Also getting the costume for the next day is kind of a big task. Like you had a lot of homework after for this assignment. Yeah, I guess that is a good point for like Nate, like Thomas just picking the acai person. Like all he had to really do is toss on a little apron. So we see the second day goes off. Nathan also pulls Thomas aside to kind of like give him advice on how to better get into his primary's head and learn more information about him. And when Nathan relives the day again as Thomas. He feels really special when fake Nathan pulls him aside to talk about this. So he he thinks he's doing a really great job. Um, and then he he heads home and he eats some sugar fish. I was so excited to see a sugar fish sighting. Yeah, some good sushi. I, I just moved a little bit up north to the boonies in Canada. And so, you know, the sushi is just not the same up here. It's my favorite food. So I've been missing it. Um, so I've been very jealous. But Nathan is eating a delicious sushi snack at his apartment. And he calls Angela uh, to check in on his family, but she doesn't pick up. Yeah, it was sad. I felt bad for him at this moment. I'm not going to lie. 
I mean, he he should have maybe tried to call Adam. Well, at this point, Adam's still a child, right? I think Adam's only six. I don't know. Do six-year-olds have cell phones? I don't know. I think they might. (laughs) (laughs) I was hanging out with a seven-year-old all weekend. She does not have a cell phone. She Mm. does have a Nintendo Switch and, like, a tablet, though. Yeah, I feel like Angela could have, like, FaceTimed with Adam. I feel like they probably communicated anyway because he's still directing the show. Um, So I feel as though this is a call that maybe she was not supposed to pick up, make him feel like an estranged father. Yeah, I imagine they still were filming, like, B-roll while Nathan Mm -hmm. was gone. Yeah, because this is supposed to be her rehearsal for bringing up a child not it's it's not supposed to just be for the show so hypothetically this should be focused on angela raising the child and it should definitely continue even when he's away it's supposed to be for her which is why it's so interesting that later on in the episode which we already talked about how she asks what's better for the show and doesn't touch on what's better for her personal rehearsal yeah no you can definitely tell at the end of the episode that she is like fully checked out of being immersed in the rehearsal and is just like, it's a show, like whatever. Yeah. But we'll see how that goes next week. I feel like um, everything's going to change again. (laughs) So yes, Nathan has his little sushi snack. And when he comes back to the classroom, he kind of starts realizing that Just by following people around and, like, watching them do things, people aren't going to be able to fully embody their primary. Um, We see someone who is supposed to be a butcher trying to cut some steak and just not doing a good job. We see someone who is supposed to be a mechanic, can't even name one of the tools of the trade. So Nathan is able to secure each person in the class one week of working in the job of their primary so they can fully learn and experience what it is like to be that person. Can we touch on which is the most hilarious misstep for their primary? (laughs) So we also have a cashier who puts bananas under cans and a pizza guy who can't get the dough out of the bag. (laughs) I think the most egregious has to be the bananas under the cans. I agree. That's something that, like, you do. Like, I don't know. In Toronto, at least, we don't have many, like, bag people anymore who bag your groceries for you. Like, for the most part, you're bagging your own groceries. So you should know not to put your bananas under your cans. That's just silly. Definitely agree. Definitely agree, Just Awful. The poor bananas. They're definitely bruised. Yeah, it's sad. I also was wondering, like, who bought all... I guess HBO bought all the stuff. Because we had, like, bags of groceries. (laughs) So much money went into recreating these little scenes. Like, that enormous cut of meat must have been so expensive. Yeah, I hope that they used it for something after. (laughs) He only took off, like, a little piece. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wonder if they gave him a really dull knife just to, like, mess with him. Because he was really struggling. He was struggling a lot, um, but it is very funny to see all of these people trying to like improv their way through. Um, I imagine that most of these people probably were cast because they have some sort of like improv background. That makes the most sense to me. So this was tough to watch, though. It, it was hard to watch. 
So Nathan lets everyone know that he is going to be sending them to work at their primary's job for a full week. And the hilarious man in the class says he doesn't want to go to work, which very relatable. Um, and probably why some people have definitely have better jobs than others. Um, whose job would you have most liked to do? Hmm, of the ones that we saw, I mean, the pizza one would be fun for me. I really enjoy making pizza. So I feel like if I had to pick of the ones that we saw people doing, I'd pick that one or maybe the mechanic. I don't know a lot about cars. So that might be something that is like a useful skill for me. I don't want to say the same things as you, but that's what I was going to say. I would say pizza. I want to become really good at making pizza. So Nathan decides, you know, he still feels like he's missing something with the class. So he goes back to day one as Thomas once again. But this time he feels really different while he's being Thomas. When he enters the classroom, he's kind of talking about how he is really excited by all these cameras, but he's also confused because he's kind of like, is this a show about an acting class? Am I supposed to be acting or taking the class? And he's just struggling really hard with what is going on while he is Thomas and how Thomas would be thinking and feeling. Yeah, Thomas has not gotten comfortable with the class when Nathan chats with him about if he tried spilling his uh, fruit bowl. He did not. Um, and he asked him why. And he said instead that he pretended that his guitar pick was lost and he was here looking for it, but he doesn't seem to be committing to the method. Um, so this time he goes back and he keeps telling himself, your name is Thomas and you're an actor. How do you feel? Yeah. And he feels uncomfy, very <laughs> uncomfy, deeply well, uncomfortable. He was excited that there were HBO cameras filming, but other than that, getting shoved like an appearance release and going and working another job and stalking other people just made him uncomfortable. Yeah, I thought that the scene where they were talking about the releases was something that, again, I feel like people have been kind of talking about online, like how how much do these people know going into the show? And I thought it was an interesting little peek behind the curtain of kind of being like, yeah, just like, oh, don't worry about it. You could, you don't need to read the whole thing. Just sign it. And kind of the peer pressure of seeing everybody else signing the release and the cameras filming you and all of this stuff. Um, I thought it was a really interesting thing to include for the well, show. Well, you would have signed you would have signed the release forms before the class, wouldn't you have? So I feel like this was just a redo for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been. Mhm. And I imagine like a lot of these people were probably recruited through like their agents and stuff cuz like mm -hmm. well, we can go into Thomas's IMDb, but like he's been on a couple of shows. I'm sure he has an agent. He's like in mm -hmm. short films. There's no way mm -hmm. that this is like a Craig's. These are Craigslist people. So we learn that Nathan, um, who is pretending to be Thomas, every night when he goes home, he realizes that this illusion of being Thomas is shattered. So he suggests that Thomas moves into a living situation that reflects that of his primary. So he is immersed fully. And I guess at some point, Nathan spoke to his primary about his living situation, um, which obviously he's gotten chatting with him more and he learns that he lives with a couple of his bandmates. Yeah. So Nathan arranges to have Thomas move in with two fake bandmates and Thomas agrees to go. <laughs> yeah. He asked him, how soon can you move in? And he's like, as soon as I have to, I guess. Yeah. So it's unclear how prepared he was for this move. 
Yeah, I also was thinking we don't see any other roommates in Thomas's apartment, but I feel like in LA it's pretty common that people have roommates. So I, I was kind of thinking too, like, does Thomas have other roommates that they just were like, can you leave? And or is Thomas living alone and really downgrading to having two roommates? Because I would be cheesed if that were the case if I were Thomas. Yeah, his apartment seems quite large. Like there's a living room, a kitchen, and it looked like there could be other rooms branching off. So if he did have roommates, I would I would agree that um, he's probably asked them to leave. Yeah. So Thomas moves in with the fake roommates and Nathan moves into Thomas's apartment and we see him, you know, eating what Thomas eats, playing the video games Thomas plays, working out the way that Thomas works out by throwing nunchucks and sleeping in his bed even. So he is now Thomas 24-7. There's no way he actually slept in his bed, right? I don't know. I don't even know if this is actually Thomas's apartment. There's so many layers of things that I do not know. <laughs> this show has me questioning everything at this point. Nothing is real. Like, yeah, I really don't know where the joke ends or even begins. <laughs> I'm like, is this a comedy? Is this a drama? At this point, it's unclear. But I, I'm I'm still loving every minute of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I love watching it. I just don't know what it what it is. <laughs> what does it <laughs> what mean? What it is that I'm watching. <laughs> so apparently he stays at Thomas's apartment, which he probably doesn't. Um, also, wearing that wig all the time would probably be itchy and uncomfortable. So I'm sure he goes home. I don't even know if the apartment that Nathan was in was actually Nathan's apartment. Um yeah. So there's just many layers of unknown things. Yeah, I mean, we know Nathan lives with a a girl, his girlfriend. Oh. So, yeah. I he didn't did know a, that. He did a profile before the show came out where he talked about how he is living with someone that he is dating who is a woman. It gets even more meta where we have fake Nathan playing fake Thomas now needs to follow the path that Thomas has taken in the class. So he needs to work at an Uba Tuba and also needs to move in with fake bandmates. So he moves out of Thomas's apartment into one with two other actors playing fake bandmates. Yes, they're credited as fake, fake bandmates at the end of the show, <laughs> which is incredible. Extra fake. <laughs> yeah, double fake bang bandmates. Yeah. So if he actually stayed there... Probably not. They probably just showed a quick clip of him walking into the door and then leaving, but incredible. Yeah, the mountain of Squishmallows staring at him. The, like, sad, squished Pikachu staring at the camera will live rent-free in my mind. So what is the point of this? I'm not too sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> it does feel like a lot of his other really long... Um, complicated plans have like a very specific point to them of you know in the rehearsals what we're doing and I guess maybe we'll use some of these actors again later on um, but I'm not sure like there's not a situation in the future where any of these people are actually going to be able to stay at their primary's house and live as them so I'm not sure quite what this accomplishes but it's entertaining enough yeah, I mean, I think it's just to kind of drive home his point, which is that 
I mean, the quote that he says, it's easy to assume others think the worst of you, but when you assume what others think, maybe all you're doing is turning them into a character in your mind. And Nathan kind of saying, like, no matter how deep he goes, parts of Thomas are always going to be a mystery. So I think the point is just that, like, the Fielder method, while on paper is a great idea to really go deep and learn everything about the character, like, it's just never going to be... You're never going to actually like turn into that person. You'll never be able to fully be that person. It'll never be enough. <laughs> yeah, you. it'll never be enough. Nathan can go so far and no matter what, he it'll never be enough. He can eat all the cereal in Thomas's apartment that he wants and it doesn't matter. So then we go back to class and we get to see everyone perform a final presentation of what they've learned after working at their primary's place of work for a full week. We get these great displays of um, the butcher slicing a two-inch steak. Um, We have the repair woman sweeping, (laughs) which apparently is what is what she did there. Um, We have Thomas making uh, a bowl. We have um, the security guard just standing there surveying, um, I guess, the room. So they have all passed the flying colors and the certificate of completion. I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm proud of every one of these people for committing to the Fielder Method. I hope that they all framed their certificates of completion. And I hope that they look at them daily. I hope they put it on their LinkedIn profiles, on their CVs. And I wish them nothing but luck in the future. Yeah, we have to keep an eye peeled on ebay to see if any of these go up for sale oh my god yes and we have to keep an eye out for what other people from the fielder method end up on future episodes definitely because immediately we see two of uh the actors from this thomas and the security guard play paramedics at the end of the episode so obviously he was using this to find people for future rehearsals so hopefully we see everyone come back in the next two episodes, even though there's so few left. I know. This is an extremely short series, which is a huge bummer. But I'm sure we'll find other things to talk about, like the rest of Nathan for you. <laughs> so Nathan heads back to Oregon. And when he arrives back at the house, Adam has been aged up to a 15-year-old. So Nathan walks in the door and greets everybody and everyone's being really nice and Nathan kind of thinks to himself that this is not you know the way that people would react had I really been gone for nine years so he pulls Adam aside and asks him to break character and he asks him you know what's your name and we learn that the actor's name is Josh and Nathan kind of talks him through like okay if I really was your dad and I was gone for nine years how would you feel what would you do And we see them go back. Nathan walks back in and Adam changes to being, you know, very resentful. When Nathan walks through the door, Adam says, well, look who finally decided to show up and slams his door and goes into his room. Yeah, this is so fun to watch. I think Joshua is such a great actor. I loved Nathan coming and deciding, you know, this isn't quite right. And it, again, here's another example of showing you how scripted the show actually is, even though it's supposed to seem a little unscripted, I think. Um, 
you get to see him talking to the actor and he even tells the actor to almost, you know, use the fielder method and find a friend whose father has been away and go learn from him, which I guess would be his primary. Yeah. Find out more about that, come back and treat me like he would treat his father. So we see a much different Adam coming into play. Yeah. Joshua is incredible. Like, to be able to improv like this at 15 is really amazing, especially, you know, knowing that there's all these cameras and everything. Um, I was definitely really impressed. He is from an acting family. His dad is on General Hospital. So he's done, like, quite a few kind of, like, of those classic procedurals, like he was on Station 19. But, yeah, I hope he has great success in the future because he he was really fun on this episode. Yeah, one of my favorite parts about this, like, father-son conflict is when um, Adam is sitting out on uh, the, the front porch and Nathan comes to try to talk to him. And he's like, hey, bud, do you want to see a card trick? And and Adam throws off and he's like, no, dad, I'm not five. I was going to ask if this scene broke your heart because I know you would want nothing more than to see that magic trick. Yeah, it did. I'm like, you know what? People who are older than five can appreciate magic too. Okay, Joshua. Yeah. But it did play very well. Yes. Megan and I recently caught up on The Bachelorettes, the latest season with Gabby and Rachel. And there was a magician who came in on night one and he did some really awful magic. And they sent him home immediately. Well, he deserved it. His magic was bad. So we're not a fan of bad magic. I mean, Nathan is a member. We've talked about this before, but he is a member at the Magic Castle. So, you know, he's not some like scrub magician. He is a serious magician out here. We also learned um, it's a little bit sketchy. Remember? Yes. Yes. Uh, sexual assaults run rampant at the Magic Castle, unfortunately. Yeah. So... <laughs> Maybe not such a brag to be a part of it, but carrying on. Yes. So we see a whole kind of escalation of teenage Adam who has been raised, you know, without without his father around and just feeling very resentful for that fact. Um, I think that Angela does a really good job when she and Nathan are sitting at the table talking to Adam about like his drug use and stuff. I think that she's like super compassionate and really empathetic towards Adam. So that was really nice to see. Like it does feel like she just doesn't care that much about the rehearsal. But in this moment with teenage Adam, I felt like she actually was getting into it and really did care about, you know, this fake person. Yeah, I thought the very last scene where Adam is overdosing, her reaction seemed very fake. But for this conversation, it felt very authentic and... You know, she was really compassionate. So that was interesting to see. Yeah, maybe she's getting that redemption arc that I talked about. We'll see. My favorite part of the conversation was when Nathan is asking, like, what kind of drugs are you doing? And Adam goes on to say, like, why? What are you going to do? Tell the cops? And Nathan says, I'm not a snitch. Yeah. And Adam says, you're a fucking disaster, my guy. Incredible ad lib. Like the best line of the episode for sure. This that might be the best line of this series so far. 
I actually I just posted it on our TikTok as well. If you want to just like go replay it over and over again, like I I've done that for you and for me, really. Catch me call saying this to everyone every time they disappoint me. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a fucking disaster, disaster, my guy. My boss at work will be like, "Excuse me," and I'll be like, "Wait, sorry, wait." <laughs> so we do see Adam. Yeah, as Megan mentioned, he goes really far into like the drinking and. We see that he starts doing drugs on Instagram live, it looks like. And then ultimately, at the end of the episode, he's uh, on, I don't know, he's streaming somewhere and has an overdose while this is happening, as well as there's like used condoms all over the room, which was an interesting (laughs) touch as well. Um, And Nathan runs in and is like screaming. He has to bust down the door to get to him. And then... Angela comes in as well. Um, She had been hanging out in her room, (laughs) practicing TikTok dances or something. Just just jamming out, having a good evening. Fair enough. Like, she has had to raise this child for nine years alone. Like, she deserves some, some mom time. But yeah, so we see them run in, and Adam has to go with some paramedics. The paramedics who came from the fielder method, of course, Thomas and our security guard friend. And then Adam ends up getting up out of the ambulance and running away into the night. He disappears. Amazing. Hilarious. Very fun. Um, Nathan, like, holding Adam and, like, crying and yelling and Angela running in. Um, I thought their acting was okay. (laughs) But, you know, they did their best. I was, like, deeply bothered by this scene. And I think this was kind of the point of it. I just didn't know how I was supposed to react because it felt weird because I didn't want to laugh because I was like, this is very serious. But then the more you're like thinking about it, you're like, but this is like not only a fake TV show, but they're faking a second level too. And I was just like, my wheels were turning the whole time. And I was like, I don't want to laugh. This is horrifying and sad. But then also, like, the extent that they took it to. And Nathan's kind of, like, overacting. I just didn't know how to what, to what to do. My brain broke, I guess, is what happened. Yeah, you don't need to feel bad when you're very aware that it's a fake situation and that everyone is perfectly okay. Um, it did make me wonder if Angela was okay yeah. and how much she knew about it. Um, because obviously this was her childhood and they're taking a lot of inspiration from what she went through. She had an absent father. And so I wonder if she's just playing along or if she knew that they were going to be essentially recreating this and having Nathan gone for nine years. I'd be interested to know how much she was aware of it and how much she knew that this was going to be planned. Um, Because it might be hard to watch that, but also she knows it's fake. So maybe it's not difficult at all. Yeah, it's hard to say. I feel like I've seen some people online, too, kind of saying that, like, well, this is supposed to be Angela's rehearsal, and, like, she doesn't even care. She wasn't even around for her son ODing or whatever. But at the same time, like... She ran down. She ran down. Like, moms are allowed to do stuff. (laughs) Like, I don't know why she's supposed to be the one who's, like, on top of this kid when Nathan's been gone for nine freaking years. (laughs) Yeah, you tell him. Cut it out. I don't even like Angela and I'm defending her. 
be nicer to moms, okay? They're doing their best and they're allowed to have hobbies and dance in their room alone if they want to, to their underground eclectic music or whatever the hell she said. Yeah, she she has more of an underground taste. Yes. So some interesting parts from the room is there's a random second mattress that's now just like leaning up against the wall. I don't know oh. where that came from. Very Robin of of Adam yeah. to have multiple yeah. mattresses. <laughs> yes. Um, the room was messy before, so it was just interesting to see. Uh, I guess he had some like good makeup. I guess the team like ran in and like threw condoms around and made him look like he was overdosing. So I am curious how many times they redid this scene and which shot uh, was Angela coming down because she looked very unconcerned. She was like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So once uh, Adam runs off into the night, we see Nathan driving around trying to find him. It's dark out and then it gets light and he's still driving until he finds Adam at a park. We see him sitting on the top of a slide drinking with one of his friends out of like a paper bag and a bottle. And yeah, now we get to a very the most dramatic scene in the show. Definitely. So we see... You know, 15-year-old Adam, he goes to slide down a slide at this park, and Nathan's at the end of the slide. The camera pans down and follows where he would be in the slide, and a six-year-old pops out the end. We've gone back. We've gone back in time. (laughs) Benjamin Button um, is among us, and I think my favorite part is uh, as Adam and Nathan are walking away, we see... Josh have to climb back up the slide and he's just like okay is it done (laughs) yeah this was incredible I love this scene I thought it was really funny uh I I don't know how it's gonna go next episode because it seems like you know instead of solving the problem and having a real heart-to-heart with his son he's just like turning back the clock and not confronting that issue he just gets a young go lucky kid again who didn't have a a father abandon him so it'll be interesting to see how adam grows up a second time and what actors we get to see uh make an a second appearance yeah i definitely feel like nathan is kind of showing himself we saw a lot of nathan being the director in this episode right when Mm -hmm. he is directing joshua what to do and all of these things. And I feel like at the end, we really see Nathan like is full on just playing God being like, well, this is my own little universe now and I get to figure out what I want to do with it. So if I don't like the outcome, I'm just going to go back. Um, I think it's probably safe to say that the rehearsal is now fully Nathan's. I think Angela is just like a side piece at this point. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long Angela lasts on the show, if she's in the next two episodes or... I think we've already theorized that at some point she leaves uh, again yeah. based on the poster where it's Nathan and a whole bunch of like fake characters. Yeah. So, like mannequins. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they have some sort of divorce or breakup um, and we can see how that goes. Yeah. I will say I did a bad thing. Maybe I went I went back and I rewatched the original trailer for the series because I was curious with two episodes left how much we haven't seen yet. So we can talk about that if you want. Um, yeah, if, definitely. If you are spoiler adverse and you don't want to hear about anything 
like that. Um, maybe just skip ahead a couple minutes. But yeah, three, two, one. So number one, there's definitely a new Angela of some sort. I couldn't decide if Nathan is setting up like a second house where he's going to rehearse for the rehearsal with a new Angela. But there's definitely another woman who is meant to be Angela from what I can tell or an Angela type perhaps. And it seems like her and Nathan get into some sort of fight. And I had completely forgotten about this, but it bothered me so much when I saw the original trailer. There's like a really weird, like clearly 15 year old who is like dressed like a child and acting like a child. Like how young? (laughs) No, it's like a 15 year old boy, but he's acting like a six year old kind of thing. Mm. So I don't think that this reset is going to go so good for Nathan, unfortunately. Well, I'm excited to see. But yeah, I feel like it'll be, I feel like next week, based on what I saw in that original promo, it feels like next week we're kind of going to get back to the more on the ridiculous humor side, less on the slightly more serious side. I'm definitely here for that. And I cannot wait. I know. It's so soon. Yes. We're sorry for dropping the episode a little bit late. It's definitely my fault. I've been very sick. I don't know if you can tell in my voice, but I've had a I've had a rough week. Yeah, everyone send Megan some uh some get well soon vibes. Thanks, um, friends. The, the next episode is called Apocalypto. And the description is after a visit from his parents, Nathan struggles to stick up for his values. I'm excited to see the fielder parents return. I know. I hope it's his real parents and not um like actors. Yeah, we can definitely confirm because they were on the claw. I think that's the episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to support the show at all, we would love if you could drop us a little five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. It really helps us out, and it would just make us feel really warm and fuzzy inside. And we also have an email. If you want to email us any questions, comments, anything like that, NathanForUsPodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter at Nathan for Us Pod, Instagram at Nathan for Us Pod. I post a lot of like little memes and uh, screenshots from the show on there. And then we also are on TikTok uh, at Nathan for Us Podcast on TikTok. We just hit a thousand followers on TikTok, which is incredible. Um, I've been posting nonstop bullshit over there. So if you are on TikTok and you want to get on Nathan Fielder TikTok, come follow us because that's all we post about. Yes, Kelly is 10 out of 10 fun on TikTok. <laughs> Very entertaining. I will do my best to, to join into the fun. Um, I will hopefully be healthier next week um, and we can get the episode out a little bit sooner for all of you. Yes, and we do have um, a special guests next week as well. This has been Kelly and Megan on your side. <laughs>